Thank you, Rob. Love is a person that we will behold. Let's pray. Our Father, we uh, thank you for that truth that reminds us of the hope we have because of Jesus and because he is in our lives by his spirit, because of the redemption that we have in Christ. We treasure that hope, Father, today and tomorrow and always. We ask for your guidance now, Lord, as we uh, turn to your word and we think about an important subject that we have to admit sometimes we've gotten wrong, Father. We have believed voices that haven't come from you. Father, guide us into truth. May your spirit do that work this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Last week we started a new series. It's just a short six-part series called Lies Christians Believe. If you would take your Bible uh, and turn to 2 Timothy 4, I just want to uh, show you a couple verses that go along with this entire series. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul writing to a young preacher named Timothy. And he says this starting in verse 2 of 2 Timothy 4. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires... They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths, untruths, things that are not real, things that are made up, myths. Paul, way back then, was warning Timothy about the fact that there are many people who would rather listen to things that aren't even true, but sound good, make them feel good, are comfortable, are nice to hear, but not true. And I don't have to spend time explaining to you that that is still an issue today. There's a lot of stuff out there saying things that sound good, um, that are pleasing to the ears, that are comfortable. They're easy to hear. They even sound right. But the truth is, they are falsehoods. Their lies. Last week we started looking at six of those lies that even Christians have tended to believe. And uh, 
last week we talked about a lie concerning our hearts. And the lie specifically that says we should follow our hearts. Let your heart guide you. Let your heart set the direction of your life. Follow your heart. As though our heart is something to follow, something that will always lead us in the right direction, which is a lie. The Bible says, follow Jesus. Follow his word. Follow his spirit. It does not say follow your heart. And we talked about why and and all that stuff. You can uh, listen to the message on the website or, or whatever. But we talked about the lie that sometimes Christians even grab onto because of how good it sounds. Follow your heart. Today we're going to talk about the second lie that sometimes as Christians we find ourselves believing. And it's a lie about happiness. Happiness. And it's really interesting that today we're going to talk about happiness because I have to acknowledge to you this has not been a real happy week for me and probably for many of you. It's been a week of grieving. It's been a week of uh, coming alongside a family that's grieving. It's been a week of thinking of a friend and a brother who's now with the Lord and, and not here with us. I can't honestly say I've been happy all week. And as we're going to learn, that's okay. You see, there's a lie about happiness, and it says this. We should pursue happiness because it is the ultimate goal in life. And I'm going to suggest to you today that that's a lie. That happiness is the ultimate goal in life, and because of that, we should be pursuing it, pursuing happiness. Now, that statement itself has a couple falsehoods in it. First of all, the idea that we should be pursuing happiness, that is not true. And then, the reason for pursuing it is a falsehood. That happiness somehow is the ultimate goal, the ultimate aim in life. Not true, but so easy to fall for. Now, happiness is a good thing. I like being happy. And I would guess you do too. I would have rather spent more time happy this week than grieving. Happiness is a good thing. I like being happy. It feels good. I like it when you're happy. I really do. I I like it when you're happy. I like it when my wife is happy. I like it when my children are happy. So it's a good thing. Uh, This message is not putting down happiness and saying we should not experience happiness. It's a good thing. But, but who told us to pursue it? 
Who told us to pursue happiness, to go after it? Maybe it was Bobby McFerrin back in 1988. You remember his song, hit song, Jamaican style, Don't Worry, Be Happy? Had the whistling and uh, just such a cool sounding song. Some of the message that he was sending in the song. Ain't got no place to lay your head. Somebody came and took your bed. Don't worry. Be happy. The landlord say your rent is late. He may have to litigate. Don't worry. Be happy. Ain't got no cash. Ain't got no style. Ain't got no gal to make you smile. Don't worry. Be happy. Just be happy. Is that who told us to pursue happiness? Bobby McFerrin? Or maybe it was um, the Greek philosopher Aristotle. He said, happiness is the meaning and purpose of life. The whole aim and end of human existence. Wow, that is a big statement, isn't it? And it's Aristotle, great Greek philosopher. And he said, happiness is the meaning and purpose of life, and the whole aim and end of human existence is happiness. So why wouldn't you pursue happiness if that's what Aristotle said? It's the ultimate. But then, of course, we're Americans. So maybe it was our Declaration of Independence that told us to pursue happiness. It kind of does, doesn't it? Some of you probably know it by heart, but in the Declaration of Independence, we're told that our Creator, and I don't know where they got this information, but we're told that our Creator gave us certain rights And three of them are life, liberty, and here it comes, the pursuit of happiness. And we're Americans, and that's our Declaration of Independence. So it must be right. We need to pursue happiness. And our culture does, doesn't it? Maybe it's just our culture that has told us to pursue happiness. Because it's all around us. People make a lot of money trying to get us to pursue happiness. Because we think that's the goal. And if they say this will help us in our pursuit of happiness, we'll pay anything. Even 1995 for two of them. And so what's happened is that our culture has taken this idea. And the idea that because happiness is the ultimate goal in life and we should pursue it, it becomes kind of the, the happy card. We play the happy card, you know. We make a choice that people question. 
we, um, <clears throat> we, we do something that seems really foolish and unwise and people uh, confront us about it. And so we take out the happy card and we play it. I just want to be happy. Anybody ever said that to you? As a justification for a decision or a choice? I just want to be happy. You see, they've fallen for the lie that this is the ultimate goal. Happiness. But here's something that's even sadder. Christians use the happy card. But we tend to spiritualize it a little more. This is our happy card. God wants me to be happy. Same happy card that the world uses, only we bring God into it. And we say, God wants me to be happy. I'm not happy in my marriage. God wants me to be happy. I'm out. I've got to find somebody that will make me happy. I'm not happy in my family. I'm almost 18. I'm gone. I want to be happy. I'm not happy in my church. Find another church that will make me happy. Because God wants me to be happy. I'm not happy at work, so I'll just find another job. Something that will make me happy. I'm not happy with my house. I'll find another house. God wants me to be happy. I'm not happy with my car. I think there's a car on the lot that will make me more happy. Because God wants me to be happy. And here's one. The Christian life is really not working for me. I'm not happy. So maybe I'll try something else. It's not just the world, friends, that has fallen for this deception that happiness is the ultimate goal in life and that we need to be pursuing it. Well, what's the problem with it? What, what's the problem with pursuing happiness? It sounds like I'm suggesting there, there's a problem in pursuing happiness. Well, there's another song that says, Happiness is wonderful, but it doesn't stick around. True? Happiness is wonderful. It's a good thing, but it doesn't stick around. Happiness tends to be this good feeling that can come and go with circumstances. You know, depending on the circumstance, I could be happy, I might not be happy. And it's a feeling, and so it, it just comes and it goes. It doesn't stick around. It's not, it's not consistent. Pursuing happiness, I would guess, sets us up for a lot of disappointment. If, if the pursuit of happiness is the main thing in your life, friends, you're going to be disappointed a lot. You might be happy once in a while, but you're going to be disappointed more than you're happy if happiness is the pursuit of your life. You'll just be set up for a lot of disappointment. Disappointment. 
Besides that, if, if happiness is the pursuit of your life, there are many people and circumstances that are going to mess that up for you and get in the way. Have you noticed that? You want to be happy, and then there's people and circumstances that keep getting in the way. And you're going to have to deal with that if that's the pursuit of your life. And here's the one that I think is the most powerful, should be. Happiness is not meant to be the ultimate purpose of life. God never said that. God's word never tells us that our happiness is the ultimate purpose of life. And thus, we should do all we can to pursue it. He just never says that. And to me, that creates the biggest problem in accepting this falsehood that we should pursue happiness as the ultimate goal in life. Well then, what does God say we should pursue? What does God tell us to go after? We go to what we should go to, the Bible. Let's look at some scriptures and find out what God does tell us to pursue. Let's start in Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55. <clears throat> Verse 6, it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Seek the Lord. Go after the Lord. Pursue the Lord. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. In Psalm 119, at the very beginning of that long psalm, the second verse says this, Psalm 119, 2. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. We are to seek God. We are to go after God. We are to pursue him. We are to seek to know him. We are to seek to know him better. We are to pursue getting closer to God. We are to pursue his ways. We are to be pursuing His will. We are to be pursuing what He says. We are to seek the Lord. That's who we should be pursuing, what we should be pursuing. Seek the Lord. First uh, Peter, chapter 3, the New Testament. First <clears throat> Peter. Verse 10, 1 Peter 3.10. For whoever would love life and see good days <clears throat> must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. God wants us to pursue what? Peace. What kind of peace? Peace in the world, 
Among nations? No, that's not the context here. Peace with God, our creator? No, that's not the context here. The peace in the context here is in our relationships with one another. Notice verse 8, how it starts. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For, and then we come to our verses that end up saying, pursue peace. The peace in this context is in your relationships. That is something we are to be pursuing. Peace in our relationships. And uh, that's an actual quote, almost word for word, from Psalm 34. Turn to 1 Timothy 6. 1 Timothy 6. Here's a whole list of things God wants us to pursue. Verse 11, 1 Timothy 6, 11. But you, man of God, flee from all this. And that's referring to the love of money and all that it can bring to your life. But he says, man of God, flee from all this and pursue. So here is a whole list of things God wants us to pursue. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. There it is in black and white. Those are the things God wants us to pursue. Good things. What's not in the list? Happiness. It's missing. Second Timothy, the next letter to Timothy, um, Paul challenges him in a, a similar way. 2 Timothy 2.22, he says, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. So the same things we've already seen that God wants us to pursue. He adds this, Pursue those things along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Find people who are pursuing those same things and pursue those things together with them. There are plenty of people out there pursuing happiness. Find the people that are pursuing righteousness and faith and love and peace and godliness the things God wants them to pursue, and join them and pursue those things together. That's what God wants us to pursue. Second Corinthians chapter 7. <clears throat> Second Corinthians, right at the beginning of the seventh chapter. It says, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Perfecting here means to to move forward, to move 
toward. And so what Paul is saying is that we need to purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit and move toward, go after holiness. God wants us to pursue holiness, not happiness, holiness. We're to go after that. We're to move toward holiness. After all, in 1 Peter, Peter says we are to be holy because God is holy. So if we're supposed to be holy, good idea to pursue it. Pursue holiness. Matthew chapter 6, a verse we're very familiar with. We're not very good at applying it. Matthew 6, verse 33. Jesus says, but seek first, go after first, pursue first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So these things are... uh, uh, Needs that we tend to worry about and experience anxiety over. And, and Jesus says, don't worry. It's like four or five times in this passage, he says, don't worry. Just like Bobby McFerrin. He said, don't worry. But then he doesn't say, be happy. He says, don't worry. Seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. Pursue that. And all these things will be added to you. But pursue first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And finally, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Again, a very familiar passage, but it has something to do with pursuit, I think. <clears throat> Romans eight, twenty-eight, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So we have the idea of purpose, God's purpose, and the promise that God will cause all things to work for good to those who have been called according to his purpose. And he tells us what the purpose is in verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. What is God's ultimate goal for his people? That they would be conformed to the likeness of his son. That they would be like Jesus. That's his goal. That's his ultimate goal for us. Not happiness. Being like Jesus. So, what does God want us to pursue? Well, you've got it there on your sheet. He wants us to seek the Lord, pursue him. To pursue peace in our relationships. 
to pursue things like righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness, peace, and find people who are pursuing the same things and join them. Do it together. He wants us to pursue holiness. Keep moving toward holiness. Pursue it. He wants us to pursue first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness. And he wants us to pursue his ultimate goal for us, which is Christ-likeness. What's missing in all of those pursuit-seeking scriptures is happiness. And yet somewhere down the line, Christians have come to believe a falsehood. That happiness is the ultimate goal in life. Therefore, pursue happiness at all costs. I'll just say it. If you believe that, and that's your approach to life, you're treading on dangerous ground. Because that is not what God wants you to pursue. He tells us what we are to pursue. So what are we pursuing? What are you pursuing in your life? What makes up your ultimate goal in life so that you would pursue it? Is it happiness? Let's be honest. I would guess there's a number of us here who have fallen for this deception. And our life is all about being happy. I just want to be happy. And I'm willing to make any choice, I'm willing to make any decision, even if it's unwise, even if it's the wrong one, as long as it makes me happy. And we've fallen for it. What will you pursue? Here's a thought. What if we were to pursue what God wants us to pursue? What if we did that? What if we took this list that you put there on your sheet from those scriptures that God wants us to pursue? What if we began to intentionally Pursue those things. You know what? I think we would find ourselves being happy once in a while. Maybe quite a bit. Because I believe happiness is a byproduct of pursuing the things God wants us to pursue. Happiness isn't the pursuit. Happiness isn't the ultimate goal. But often happiness becomes the byproduct, one of the byproducts of pursuing the right things, the things God wants us to pursue. Friends, you can enjoy the song, but don't listen to Bobby McFerrin. And his philosophy. 
Socrates is dead and gone, and he didn't know what he was talking about. Don't follow his philosophy. As much as we love it and appreciate it, it's hard to say the writers of the Declaration of Independence found that statement in the Bible. That we have a right to pursue happiness. It's not the end all. Do not use the happy card. Please do not use it. Please do not justify choices and decisions by saying God wants me to be happy. Pursue the things God says to pursue. And you may find out often happiness will come with it. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. It's clear what we don't find there about pursuing happiness. It's also clear that you have shown us what you want us to pursue. Father, may we believe you rather than the voices around us. And may we pursue you passionately. May we pursue peace in our relationships. May we pursue righteousness and faith and love and godliness and all these wonderful things. May we pursue holiness. May we pursue becoming like Jesus, which is your ultimate goal for your people. And then, Father, if happiness comes with that, we will rejoice and thank you. But, Father, it's not our ultimate goal. Help us to pursue the right things. In Christ's name, amen.